the guy that knows a lot more about this than I do, has um, spontaneously joined us. We I texted Robert uh, a couple of times last week, and he was out of pocket doing some um, some polling work, I would imagine. But Robert Cahaley of Trafalgar is joining us spur of the moment this morning. Robert, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. So is this going to have a big effect or impact on the Georgia Senate race, these revelations that the mainstream media is pushing about what? I mean, Herschel's been very candid about his past. I mean, he has some flaws. He has some explaining to do, so to speak. But, but, and you probably not polled since this revelation. But where does the Georgia Senate race stand right now, Robert? Well, I'm aware of a poll that is coming out today, and it looks like it was just a minor hit, a couple points, because uh, this thing was front and center uh, from night before last, all through yesterday, and um, so it, it really looks like it's, it's a small blip. But you know. What you're saying is exactly right. I mean, it, we've had to choose between uh, characters that people didn't like morally all the time. And if you'll remember one of the questions I told you we asked very early in Georgia was if you had to choose between a candidate you did not like who would oppose the Biden agenda and a candidate you did like who would support the Biden agenda, who would you pick? And it's 58% in Georgia say pick a candidate I don't like who would oppose Biden. And when it's when it's all boiled down, when all the, the, the confusion is over, it's very simple. You're electing a member of the U.S. Senate to press a big red button that says stop what Biden is doing, go a different direction, or a big blue button that says keep going. And I don't think what's happened has made people feel differently about those two buttons. So, Robert, where are we? I mean, the two states that concern, I feel good about, and, and you're the pollster, I'm not. Um, but I feel good about Rubio in Florida. I feel good about Bud in North Carolina. I feel okay about Vance in Ohio. Um, I'm concerned about Masters in Arizona, Oz in uh, Pennsylvania, and Walker in Georgia. What is the latest on those three races? Well, we're going to go back in the field in Georgia uh, probably late this week. Um, so I don't know what Georgia is. I know the last time we were in the field, we had Herschel up by 0.8, but we had it within the margin of error, obviously. Uh, we have the same thing. Um, we have uh, Oz only down by less than two, and we have uh, Masters down by right about two. And, you know, I've talked a lot about the fact that I think there are a lot of Republicans who aren't participating in polls. I mean, even people we can't find because – you know, once Biden kind of started his his uh, you know MAGA is the you know are the enemy of the state, and people realize now that you know the FBI was in touch with Facebook on stuff. They they're hearing stories about how the government is asking the banks to track gun purchases. It, it's not a huge leap for people to get, be concerned that the government should start coming to polling companies and asking for lists of people who said they were voting for Republicans. And I understand when they don't want to participate. And these are people in the past who would have put a sticker on their car, you know, a sign in their yard, post things on social media, and taken polls. And they're doing none of that. I, that's why I refer to them as submerged voters. And I think that there is a – we can't tell how big that group is, but I think it's, you know, I think it's probably 2% or better uh, that are going to come out that none of us can measure. And – um the other thing we're seeing is in the undecideds in those those races, especially both 
Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, the undecided voters still in those races, uh, in every case, over 60% of them uh, think Biden uh, disapprove or strongly disapprove of the job Biden is doing. So that bodes well for how they would break it. You know, in the uh, race up in Washington State is two points, and it's 70% disapprove of how Biden's handling his job. So there's a distinct possibility, you know, notwithstanding anything else, that uh, that we pick up all, you know, the the Republicans pick up all those seats. But, you know, elections are a long way away. And one thing's for sure, Vladimir Putin would like to keep U.S. leadership as it is, and the kind of shenanigans or nonsense those guys could pull over in Europe could completely change the dynamics of this election right out from under us. So I I don't make a prediction of how it'll be in five weeks. I make a prediction of if the election were next week. And if the election were next week, I think the Republicans went 30 seat or better in the House, and I think they pick up the Senate with at least one and maybe two votes. So, Robert, when the national pollsters, not you, but when the national uh, when I'm talking about ABC News and, and the Wall Street Journal and NBC News and the New York Times and the Washington Post, when they say that Biden's numbers are ticking up, but I look at the data and I look at some of the um, some of the cross tabs, and I'm talking about the wrong track, right track number. I'm talking about the inflation, and um, I mean the Republicans are plus twenty on inflation, plus seventeen or eighteen on the economy. Is that? I mean, is is Biden really? I mean, do, do voters have a better feeling about the Biden administration now, despite the inflation, the economy, and all? Has it has abortion helped? Has you know? Does Putin have a say in this? I mean, I understand the micro and some of the nuances and weeds you get into to better understand where this election's headed. But I don't know how the Democrats have um, a decent cycle with inflation in the economy and, and the, the the right track, wrong track number. The way am I trying to simplify something that is more complicated? No, you're actually getting it right. I mean, what's always amazing is how their commentary doesn't match the, their numbers. You know, I watched NBC put out a number that said that, you know, the majority uh, of Americans were worried about uh, the stability of the democracy. And they put that out right after the raid on Mar-a-Lago and thought that only reflected Democrats and how they felt about January 6th. But if you dug into the cross tabs of that poll, you saw a lot of Republicans who actually supported Trump were among those people who were worried about the democracy because of a raid on a former president's house. But what they'll do is they'll put a, a, they'll put a spin on a poll that they don't like. So they can tell you that, but the facts don't don't show that. He's not getting more popular. I mean, you, 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 Saturday Night Live doesn't make fun of you for, for, for seeing people who aren't alive by suggesting that he he called out and asked where Ruth Bader Ginsburg was because you're being taken seriously by the public. I mean, it, it, it's a problem. You know, he, he's, he's making so many mistakes. He, he takes credit for the price of gas going down, and then he says it's not their fault when it goes up. So, I mean, he's, he's a gigantic anvil. And abortion had its moment in the sun, just like student loans had their moment in the sun. But, uh, and, and all that comes is a part of a greater tapestry that is this election. But right now, it is a, people are fixated on crime. They're fixated on what is going on out there and how dangerous the streets are. They are fixated on what's happening with these migrants coming in all over the country and just letting them in and bringing in fentanyl and people are dying. And, and they're fixated on their back pockets. 
I mean, the, this cold snap in the northeast means a lot of people are filling up those um, uh, heating oil tanks early. And I always said I thought that was going to affect the selection. I think that could deliver us the U.S. Senate New Hampshire, to be honest with you, in this cold snap. Because people are going to freak out when they fill those things up, and it costs them double what they expect. And people are paying the price. And, yeah, I, I, the economy is not getting better, and it's going to continue to get worse. And, um, yeah, I don't see any of that turning around. And they don't seem – when they don't lead on any of the key issues – I'm having a hard time realizing how they're going to turn this into a victory. And all they have left is personal attacks. I mean, at half the time that was spent talking about Herschel Walker's past would be spent talking about the fact that Raphael Warnock makes a six-figure salary and can't pay his child support and had to go to court for it. I mean, but the Republicans haven't spent their time on stuff like that. Robert, why didn't McConnell pull the funding from Blake Masters? I mean, that, I think the truth answer is, is he knows Blake Masters will never vote for him. And it's easy to say, well, this guy can't win, and I'll go put my money elsewhere. Can Masters win without that money? Yes, because that money isn't spent very well to begin with. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, last question I got for you. This is a unique data point, but it seems to be relevant and consistent, and that is the number of Hispanics that are now beginning to vote in favor of the Republican candidate in a variety of states. Is that a valid data point? And what is the what is the reasoning why the Hispanic vote seems to be transitioning from a hard D to a kind of even a toss-up in today's uh, political world? Well, there's no question. We've seen gigantic movement on black voters and Hispanics since Trump. Despite all the nonsense and all of it that he said, the, the, the percentage of black voters and Hispanics who voted Republican increased under both the Trump's elections and more the second time than the first. So it is continuing. I mean, the, uh, you know, the Hispanic vote is seriously up for grabs. I mean, the, the chances the Republicans are going to break 35, which is kind of that, that mark where, uh, where it was after the, the last election, the Republicans could get more consistently above 35 and closing in on 40 and 50 percent of the vote. I mean, there's obviously some undecideds right now. And another data point I looked at yesterday, because I was speaking to a conference of black pastors, was the fact that every single Republican running right now is doing at least 19 percent of the black vote. And the Republicans that are at, at 21 or better are all winning. And so it, these simple, you know, every time you pick up a Hispanic voter or a black voter who used to vote Democrat, that's like getting two votes. And when you take apart the Democrat Party's coalition, it gets real dangerous. Uh, they're having a really hard time. I mean, there's, there's a reason Raphael Warnock and those guys are going to take every rumor they've ever heard and throw it against Herschel Walker because they know that Herschel Walker is, is headed to winning this election unless they can stop him. And they have to do this. They have to go politics and personal destruction because they're not going to win on issues. Interesting. Last question. I told you a story. I said the last one was going to be the last one. I got a state question I want to get your opinion on. Um, Joe Cunningham is running an ad where he talks about gambling and legalizing marijuana and term limits and age limits. Is that an effective ad? And why do I have a suspicion that the gubernatorial race in South Carolina could be a little closer than it normally is? 
Well, you know, I think people have a misnomer about how, I mean, I believe in 2022, I mean, 2018, it was only seven points um, was McMaster's victory. So I, I think it, it may exceed that. But, you know, I think I think Joe's mixing a lot of things in there. Uh, the state is clearly not in favor of legalizing marijuana. Um, they, they are only in favor of very limited marijuana use uh, when prescribed by real doctors and issued at real pharmacies for people who have problems, not for people to, to uh, smoke and get over anxiety. So I wouldn't have lumped those together. Term limits certainly is popular in South Carolina. And, you know, we're, you know, you're talking age limits, but the only the only really old politician we have now is a governor who, in in every debate, seems to seems to show uh, you don't you don't see what you see with Biden and McMaster, I mean, you know, and and Hollings and Thurman aren't, aren't aren't here anymore, so it it, it seems a little a little hollow that uh, he, he's making those points. It just sounds like a guy who wants to, you know, it, kind of hey. I want to jump in line. I know it's not my turn, but you know, it's a it's a it's a little immature. I think some of his his stuff is effective uh, with some younger voters uh, who who he can appeal to. But uh, I think overall, the more Joe Joe Cunningham talks and and the more he says and the more ads he runs in the Upstate, the less people seem to like him up there. And um, you know, just the, the fact of where he's from, you, you know how South Carolina works that way. Sure. Robert, thank you for your time, my man. Very helpful, very informative. Appreciate it. Maybe we can talk once or twice between now and when we actually actually cast ballots. Sounds good. Thank you very much, All Robert. Right, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you a lot. Robert Cahaley.